Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. All right, welcome to the show, Elliot. How's everything up there in Canada? It's good. How are you guys doing? We're doing. How's everything down there in Western New York? Uh, it's like a dream, Elliot. It's like a dream. <laughs> Sun is shining, and uh, yeah, it's nice. It's actually freezing cold. It's oh, been it's really. Been cool. It's been really it's cold lately. Brutal up here too. Like just really, really cold. I'm just looking at my mine. It feels like minus six right now here. That's actually been pretty balmy for some of the days recently yeah yeah it's yeah. do you like I mean, the cold no i cold? i i hate it you know if i'll tell you this craig if i'm outside tobogganing with my son or something like that 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 i can deal with but the rest of it generally i hate it i'm at a point now where i mean i understand snowbirds i'm 40 i'll be 42 in may and i understand like my dad says to me he's been they've been well they haven't gone in the last two years but you know, they go to Florida every year and he's just like, I got to get out of here. I'm, I'm in my seventies and I'm just tired of the cold. It's hard on my body and I get it now. I mean, I, I'm at a point now where I'm like, I, I just, I don't know. I I've had enough of, of being in the cold. I understand. Like, I, th- I think I'm there. I understand that, but I don't understand it because I mean, being in the cold, if you are dressed appropriately, then there's nothing better. To, to be outside in that freezing, frigid, you know, as long as it's not windy for me. Oh, man, if you get a sunny day that's super crazy cold, minus 20 up in in, uh, in Canada and Ontario, I love it. I love those elements. I love being outside as, as long as you're dressed properly. It is heaven to me. I love it. So let's, let's, uh, let's get into some hockey talk here. Um... Because, you know, you have one guy who's going from San Jose when Riv, you can relate to this. You went from San Jose to Buffalo and you were like, I went to the rink in, in jeans and a T-shirt and flip-flops every morning. And then I come to Buffalo and I got to wear a down coat and, you know, sweaters and, and all this stuff. Evander Kane goes from San Jose to Edmonton, which is, I'm shocked that anybody picked him up, to be honest with you, Elliot. I'm but not. You're, you're not, eh? No, I'm not. Okay. You no, know, Ed, Ed, Edmonton's Andrew. Edmonton's got to win. You know, I've I, I've said this so much in the last month that um, I think it should be my official tagline. They, they the option to not make their not making the playoffs this year in Edmonton is not an option. It's an absolute failure with consequences. And when you're in that kind of situation, those are the kinds of decisions you make. 
what kind of consequences are you talking about? Like, again, I'll circle back to this. I think we talked about it a while ago. Is that like Connor McDavid saying I want out? I'm, I'm not ready to cross that river yet, but you know, one, one quote of mine that's being played a lot right now is I think the Oilers have two years to figure this out. And that was when Ken Holland was hired. I think I said that they have two years to make Connor McDavid happy or we could get to that point. Well, you know, we're, we're around that time right now. And well, how, yeah. How long ago did you make that statement? Was that two like year, it was two year years and a half ago. ago or so, two, two years ago, two years ago. So it's everywhere right now. Like every, every time I go on a show I, on Sportsnet, they played the clip and they said, Elliot is time up. And in, in Edmonton, I do a radio hit once a week and they're like, Oh, you said two years ago is time up. And, you know, if I go on air and I say, yes, I think if they miss the playoffs, Connor McDavid demands a trade. It's a, it's, it's crazy town. Number one. And number two, I haven't really spoken to him to ask him if that's, you know, the case, but I think the others know that, you know, look, they've gone, they made the playoffs in the bubble. They got knocked out in the first round. They made the playoffs last year. They got swept in the first round. If they miss the playoffs this year entirely, it's just not good for them. It's not good for them. People are going to lose their jobs. There's going to be changes on the ice. And, you know, as for McDavid, let's just see where this goes. They've kind of righted themselves. They're winning some games. Everything calms down when you win games. But if you do miss the playoffs, everybody's going to be wondering, you know, what does he have to say? What does he think? Well, how many other teams were in on Kane, do you think? Uh, the, the teams that kind of seriously looked in on them to some level or another were Calgary, Carolina, Tampa, Florida, and Washington. And I think at the end, I think Edmonton was always the favorite. And I think as some teams dropped out, Edmonton became more of a favorite. I do think Washington at the end took a long look at it and then decided against it. Carey Price. Yeah, he had a he had his uh, he had a, a press conference the other day. Yes, yesterday. Yesterday, and what's what's going on there? I, and le- we had Bobby Ryan on last week, and he actually brought up Carey Price. He said we're seeing Carey Price go through the process now. Um, you know, with his situation, and and Bobby Ryan said, you know, he had one he had one grievance with the with the process, and it was, you know how many hoops he had to jump through in order to get back and play, you Mm -hmm. know, like from going from rehab and then, you know, he was basically skating alone and, you know, there were, he was getting mixed messages, one from his, from the management, one from the coaching staff, one from his agent in the league. And, you know, where's Carey price at? And, and I didn't see it. Did he, did he comment on the process that he's going through? Well, the biggest issue that Price has got right now is is not coming back from his rehab stay mentally. He said that he's doing all right, and he really appreciated the help and support that he received. The issue that Kerry Price has is physical. He has a knee injury from last year, and he needed to have worked on it, and he can't get healthy on it. Like, he was close, or I shouldn't say close, he was getting there, and I think because of the lockdowns, remember the Canadians were shut down because they had so many COVID cases Right. that he kind of had to go back to square one in his rehab. So he started ramping it up again in January earlier this month, and he basically said 
he doesn't, yes, he said yesterday, he doesn't know if his knee's going to allow him to play this year. He said he's going to know in the next couple of weeks. He said he wants to play this year, but he doesn't know if he's going to be able to. So with Price, the issue is not that the treatment that he took and, and the recovery timeline from that, is he can't get healthy. And he doesn't know if he's going to be healthy enough to play this year, even though he wants to. So it's a bit of a different situation from Ryan. Could you see Carey Price having to retire because of this injury? Like, so we're talking worst case scenario here. So, so Craig, that uh, he, you know, his media conference was, was interesting yesterday in the sense we all wanted to hear from him and he was pretty honest, but you know, you never know, like these, these situations when someone's coming back from what carrier price came through, you never know what that media conference is going to be like. Is it going to be somber? Is it going to be joyful? Is it going to be, I'm happy to be back and I really feel better. I think he smiled once in the whole thing. And I don't, I I don't want to overthink it, but it it, it had the, the media conference had a bit of a heavy tone to it. And that says to me, that price isn't sure what's going on here. You know, he was asked, does he still want to be a Montreal Canadian? Because that's another conversation they're going to be having there. Uh, Craig is, is how many of those players yeah. want to stay. And he said, yes, I do. Um, you know, I just want to play, but you know, I, I well, what else th- is he going to yeah, say? What else? He gonna yeah. say? Could you well, imagine him in that media and say, no, <laughs> once I'm ready, I would like to be moved. That yeah. is that would be the biggest story, and yes, that, in, uh, that, ecl- that eclipses everything. There's no question about that. But like to me, right now, what's going on with Price, Craig, is that he doesn't know for sure he's going to get to that point. He he believes he will, he hopes he will, but he doesn't know that he will. And I don't think he'd retire. I mean, he still do owed a lot of money. He'd go on LTIR for the rest of his contract. Um. What yesterday said to me for Price is that he wants to play and his goal will be to play. He's just not sure yet if he's going to be able to play. What was the purpose? It, oh, go ahead, Riff. No, I, I was just, uh, you know, looking into this. He's he's 34 years old. He's He has truly been one of the greatest goaltenders in the last, you know, 10 years. Yeah. Okay? He has been incredible. He's had an unbelievable career. He's 34 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's, he's going to be turning 35 in August. And I, I look at, I look at the situation of, uh, you know, he's dealing obviously with, um, you know, some mental things behind the scenes and working through all those things. And I hope that he's, you know, he's feeling better. Um, and he's also dealing with injuries that he has acquired over a long, long career. Mm-hmm. And at what point in time to the do Cohen to the, do that both of those things coincide together and say, maybe it's just time for me to step away because my body is not going to allow me to play at an elite um, level again. Craig, I think and, and that- is, and, and is the Montreal Canadians okay with that because they're not going to have to pay him the 10 and a half million dollars for until 2000, what 20, 2026. Well, someone's going to have to pay it whether it's the Canadians or insurance, I assume his contract is insured. Um, But, you know, the issue I would say with this is that after watching Price yesterday, my impression is he wants to play. 
I think he wants to play. Okay. You know, you know, guys like you guys played, you guys played at a high level. Um, you want to try to end your career on your terms as much as you can. Now, not everybody gets to do that. Very few people get to do that. But I think Carey Price wants to take one more shot at ending his career on his terms. That's the way I see it. Well, he's got to want to win. I mean, like his his legacy comes down to, I mean, every goalie's legacy, great goalie comes down to, you know, did they win a championship? I mean, he, he's got to want out of Montreal. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, if he's going to come back and play, he has got to want to go somewhere. And I don't know where that is, but there's no way it's going to happen. I think that's going to be determined, Andrew, by what direction they're going to go in. If this is a long, long rebuild, like a complete teardown, yes, I could see Carey Price wanting to go somewhere else. But if it's a, a short-term thing, who knows? The other thing, too, is, you know, and this is why I think he wants to play, Andrew. If if he can't play, you can't trade him. That's right. Simple like, as that, I guess. Right? Yeah, like he's got, he's got to come back and show that he's healthy enough to play. On the weekend, Craig sent me a, uh, I know it wasn't a, a sports net thing, Elliot, but Craig sent me a video about Ian white. I'm not sure yeah. if you saw this. And, I did. And you know, the, the conversation for me isn't necessarily about Ian white, although it's devastating what has happened to he and his family mm-hmm. uh, with his addiction issues and injuries and things like that. Um, where's the league on this? I know they didn't comment and, but where, where's the league on, um, you know, thoughts on this and the players association in terms of following up and, and helping, helping their players. You know, I, I, I have to tell you that, um, you know, we, we can, the number one thing I always say is we can always be better. That's, that's the way I always look at it. We can always be better. Um, I, I don't think it's, it's ever perfect. You know, this is something you guys know better than, than me. So I think it's, it's, so I would say to you, whenever I ask players about, um, like what there's, there's clearly issues in and around the league when it comes to first and second opinions on doctors and injuries and surgeries and things like that. Like, obviously, you know, we just went through it with Jack Eichel. There's, and I know that there's cases all the time where players and agents and team doctors disagree and they have to kind of battle a bit second and third opinion until people make their choices on the care they want. But I, I have to tell you that most players I know who've been through um, like rehab, whether it's alcohol related or drug related, um, or, you know, depression related, anxiety, anything, they tell me it's, it's pretty good. Now where I've always heard the gray area is, is after you retire and, you know, Glenn Healy runs the alumni right now. And I know heels cares a lot like Glenn Healy. You guys know Glenn Healy. Yep. He's in that job because he wants to help people. Yep. And I know, and I know he's helped a lot of people. You know, I, I, 
Uh, you know, when I saw that piece, you know, you feel uh, your heart breaks. It, it really does. You hate to see a family go through that. And I always say we can do more. I just, I just know Glenn Healy and I can't believe that he wouldn't do everything he could to help. Now you guys can tell me this, if I'm wrong, I've heard this before. One of the issues I know that some players have is when they retire, they feel that they're not, you know, with the players association anymore. And there's that gap between, well, I, I don't even know if a gap is the right word, but sometimes they feel that the transfer from players association member to alumni member isn't easier, isn't smooth. And I know heels has worked hard at that. I mean, like I said, I, I watched that with you. I, I know how everybody feels. I feel the same way. Um, all I can say is I know I know Healy really tries a lot. I know he really does. Our, our teams, Riv and I were just having this conversation before. And I mean, you know, Percocets, Vicodins, Ambien, yeah. all these pills were so easily accessible back when we played. Has, have, they, have they changed that at all? Well, you know, one, I, I, I know they try to regulate it. Um, you know, shouldn't be about regulation. I'm going to tell you this right now, Elliot, yeah. just step in for a second. I watched sure. that Ian White, uh, video and it literally made me sick to my stomach. Mm-hmm. I felt, I feel sick for the, for the, for the mother and the wife. Mm-hmm. I feel sick for Ian and I don't know where he is right now, but obviously still battling addiction. The addiction came from playing in the national hockey league. Mm-hmm. It came from the injuries that he endured over many, many years. And I, I looked at him and I said, I, I was him. Mm-hmm. I was absolutely him. I, I played through probably 50% of my 923 games in the national hockey league. I probably played 50% of them injured and, and taking some sort of drug to mask the pain, to be able to play. And it was prevalent and you could do whatever you wanted after the game. You took, you took a pain pill before the game. And then you got, you know, you just go up and ask, Hey, I need something for, you know, the pain after the game. And it was just like, they're handing out Tic Tacs. Mm -hmm. And I sit there and I look today and I was able to get through this Mm -hmm. without having an issue. And this young man did not. And I feel absolutely sick. And I I go back to one thing. I don't think there should be painkillers, period, in the National Hockey League. I think Mm -hmm. they should be illegal. I think if you have that much pain, you should not be playing the game, period. Mm -hmm. There should not even be a discussion about the word painkiller and should a player have them or not have them because he's dealing with discomfort. If he has discomfort, then he needs to be looked at and he needs the time to heal and he should not be playing through this stuff. So what you're saying is that the old, the old saying of, uh, you know, just play through it. They're not really playing through it. They're playing with it, but they're numb. Yes. Yeah. They're numb through it. You know, Craig, I'm not going to disagree. Like you played, I'm not going to disagree with you at all. I, I, I just won't. Um, you know, one of the things I've talked about with people is that, it's very clear that painkillers and opioids, they're so dangerous right now. We have an opioid epidemic in North America that's brutal. And yep. 
I, I, I think we might get to a point in 20, 25 years, maybe even less, where everybody's taking CBD and, and, and using that instead. Yep. Um, and maybe, look, every drug has its issues, but maybe that's safer. I don't know. Um, I think they're, they're, doing a, they're doing a lot of research into it right now, and I wonder if that's going to be a help, quote-unquote help, Craig, and that we look back in 25 years and we say, I can't believe people weren't doing this already, or, and, and maybe that helps. The, the only thing I would say to you, Craig, is, and it's not really even a disagreement, it's more like just a point. I don't, I mean, you guys know it. You can't play hockey without some level of pain. You can't. This is not a game. You know, you may start the season, you guys show up at training camp, providing you've had no off-season surgery and you've done your, your summer resting and training properly. You know, you guys you guys know you show up great you feel great you put on your equipment for that opening day skate and and you feel great you're we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not but she did and in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. So excited to get back, be with your teammates, and you're getting close. You put on that Sabres jersey again, the feeling of being in an NHL room. You're around all your buddies. You're laughing. You're happy. Let me ask you something. How long do you guys feel great? Two days into training camp. You know, I mean, like, and, and and that that's the point. And and I'm not trying to defend it. I'm I'm not trying to. But like Craig, I, <coughs> hockey's code has always been um, play through pain, right? Yeah. And yeah. I and I and I do believe at times that's extreme. Sometimes, yes, I think people overdo it. But I I don't think you can play without pain. It's it's not the sport that you guys played. Well, there's a difference between pain where you're taking Percocet or a Toradol or Vicodin to mask an extreme amount of pain, or there's discomfort from soreness, bruising, things like that. There's a, there's a big difference. I I understand that. Here's, here's my thing to you though. Again, here's my next question to you guys. Let's say we're, you're in a season, let's pick a game. You're game 50 in the middle of February or wherever we are. Like, and and I'm, I'm, I'm honestly asking this question. I don't know the answer. How, what percentage of players in a team are taking pain pills today or when, when, when I, you guys, when you guys play out of, out of 23 players, I would yeah. say at well, that 20 point, dress a night. So, so say on any given night, how yeah. many on that, in that lineup are taking something? I, I mean, I'll say 15, three. Okay, we're we're at a bit of a different. Yeah. Rate. So okay. So taking 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 a pain pill to play the game. There was. I'm talking like from Tylenol to to Vicodin. Well, Tylenol. We're not talking about Tylenol. Well, we're talking you know about Toradol. No, I got. I got to tell Tordal you. was the drug that you used to yeah. play the game. I'm talking Vicodin about Vicodin was the was the drug that you used after the game. What were you talking about, Elliot? I'm talking about just like I'm Craig. I'm, I'm more like saying, <laughs> by that time in the season, how many people are taking something? 
Because I know yeah. people who think that Tylenol abuse is very serious. So um, how many people are taking something on a team? Well, if you're, if you're adding in an Advil, Tylenol, something like that. Yeah, you have to. I, I mean, you then have you're, to. Then you're looking, at, you're looking at 15 guys. Yeah, that's, that's about right. I so, mean, there were yeah, guys that were, that were going in and chewing. But I'm talking about hard, addictive drugs. There was not 15 guys. There might have been three. There might have been four that needed something to mask pain. Guys that had blocked a shot a night before and, you know, can't get their skate on. They have to go early to the game. They have to ice for hours just to get the boot on. They tie it and they leave it tied for two hours so it the swelling doesn't explode in their in their foot. Um, yeah. and, and you're taking a pain pill in order to play the game, because if not, you would not be able to move your foot and you would go through that game and you would play the game. But the problem is it doesn't stop there. Yeah. <laughs> the, the pain pill wears off. Then now you have to worry about from, from nine 30 at night, all the way to the next, next morning. And there's mm-hmm. no humanly possible way that you will be able to sleep without taking something else. So you're masking again. And it just keeps continuing to go until that injury is gone. Yeah. And and listen, I mean, it happened. It happened all the time. It happened. Obviously, certain players play a different style. Okay. And I I just think that that was the way. Of, of, of basically the guys that were injured did not, they had a mindset. They are not coming out of the lineup. And you know why, you know why you have the mindset, because if you go out of the lineup for mm-hmm. five games or three games, and you have some rookie that gets called up from the minors and establishes himself mm-hmm. and plays well, and he's making, you know, $600,000 and you're making 2.5 and they're sitting there going, well, why this kid looks fantastic. And this guy here is making five times as much. There was never a point in time when you wanted to allow a door open for anyone else Mm -hmm. so you masked it with pain pills and it was easy to get yeah Uh, sorry no no no. i i think it's i think it's a really i think it's a great conversation i mean it's a sad conversation but it's a great conversation the the thing the thing is craig like i see that happen in my own job you know we don't use uh painkillers to that degree but you know so so this is the thing and 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 like, first of all, like I'm watching the NFL playoffs, which have been unbelievable. And I'm watching what those players are putting themselves through. They don't even have guaranteed contracts. Yes. And, you know, the same things are undoubtedly playing out there. No question. If and not worse. I, I wouldn't want to compare it. Like, I, I just think it's all bad, unfortunately. Like, Craig, you know, I, I agree with you. We have to. We have to support people. If they became, uh, if they gained addiction issues while playing a sport, um, we have to support them. And I know Healy cares. Like I've worked with Glenn for a long time. I know yeah. what he's doing with that with that alumni association. I know he cares. Like I, whatever has happened here that Ian White's family is is in the position it's in. I can't believe that you know, someone like Glenn Healy wouldn't be looking at that and saying, 
that's not what we want. And, and we have to do something about this. I, obviously we have to do more. What you're talking about Rivs, is, I, I just don't think like maybe it comes that we have to, hopefully there's something else that comes. We, we get off the opioids, we get off the painkillers. Maybe it is CBD and it helps people overcome this and it's, it's safer. I just don't know if you're ever going to get a situation where a pro athlete who wants to achieve a goal, he or she is going to say, I'm not going to play because I can't take the pain. Now we always get to situations where we're overwhelmed and we can't do it. Well, here's the thing, Elliot, I'll stop you right there. You know that it's not going to happen. There is no player on the planet that unless you're Vladimir Malikov, who wouldn't play unless he had a, you know, toenail uh, chipped or whatever, like everybody's different. Okay. Yeah. But the large majority of guys that I played with and these, these players today, you are not coming out of the lineup under any circumstance. Okay. The only way you're going to be pulled out of the lineup is unless the trainers and the medical medical staff do their jobs and care about the player. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's very hard. Coaches too. It's about about winning. Coaches too. I mean, it, it has to be the coach understanding that a player might not be available that night because you know coaches put a lot of pressure on those trainers to yeah. try to get those players back sooner than maybe they should. You know, teams, so it's, teams do too. No Listen, question. I had, a, I had a meniscus tear. That that is something that takes six weeks to heal mm-hmm. for every human on the planet. You know, you have some people that their bodies heal a little quicker than others, but we're talking Still a couple takes days time. here and there. It yeah. takes time to heal this. That that is, it takes time. I played twelve days. Twelve now, days was that was now. When you look back at it, Craig, was that because you wanted to do it, or you felt pressured into doing it? Very much felt pressured. There's yeah. absolutely no no mm-hmm. if and buts about it. But obviously my mentality was I will play at six days. Just give me the drugs I need to be able to mask the pain and I will go and play. That was my mentality. And that's not the right mentality. I need someone to stand up for me and tell me, no, Craig, you are not going to make that decision because it's not beneficial for you now. I remember this or because it was in Buffalo, Elliot. (laughs) It was in Buffalo. And I remember Craig had his meniscus there and he was, what were you skating after seven days? Yeah, it was like six or seven days they had me on the ice. I was like, what's he what's he doing on the ice? And I'm like, oh, what did he have? Like just like a mini scope or something? Like he no, he had like he had surgery on his knee. And it was like, yeah, I remember it was uh, you know what? That was two weeks. my entire career. You know, that was my he, entire he, career and all the injuries. The, the, I, I hate to say this, but the teams are going to push a player back as quickly as possible. Yes, they will. There, there's, there's because no these trainers have an extreme amount of pressure on them from the coaching staff, from the G- general manager. You need guys back in your lineup. Yes, I, I agree with that. But, you know, the, the other thing, too, I would also say is that, and people don't like to hear this. They like to talk about it about other people, but they don't like to talk about themselves. When you're elite at anything, and, and you guys are both elite because you made it to the NHL, right? Part of the wiring to be successful at that level is to do things like that. 
that you know it's like, and i always tell people like i've had people say to me well I, like the one i always remember was 2013 stanley cup final when when Bo- when chicago beat boston do you remember what patrice bergeron was playing with he had like a coll- collapsed lung and things like that yeah and people were like that's insane and even i thought that was a little bit insane but the other thing that becomes part of it is that if you th- think about the thing that you most love to do Okay, and I always say this to other people too. Now someone else tells you you can't do it at a big time. You're going to be like, you know what? F off. Like this is my choice and this is my body and this is what I want to do. You're going to tell me, I and Bergeron even won one by that time. You're going to like, like Craig, like you just said it. You're going to, you're going to tell, like I've played 900 games in the NHL. I love playing hockey. This is what I'm born and bred to do. I'm at my best when I'm on the ice. And you, anybody who plays 900 games in the NHL, A, has a love for the sport, and B, has a determination on a day-in, day-out basis to prove that they're the best. Many of us, Elliot, needed the voice of reason to step in and say no. Yeah. Because every single player is going... Let me tell you something. You just mm-hmm. talked about Patrice Bergeron. He had a yeah. what? A broken clavicle and, and, and I think a, he had a and, collapsed lung too. And, yeah. and a collapsed lung. Let me it's ask crazy. you something. Going into that playoff game, did he play it without painkillers? Probably there's no chance he played. There is it zero chance. Like but I Craig, mean you know, zero. Like, th- th- the point is, is, yeah, he would have played with a broken leg. Yeah. But was it the right thing? Craig, if you were, were you, you just talked about how you got back on the ice after six days and yep. you felt pressure, yes. but you know, but that's the thing. Like, that's the point I'm trying to make. Like I am t- like, I always say to people, right. Basically when people talk to me about this, if I was good enough to make the NHL, okay. Say I was Craig Brevet. Okay. And you'd be better looking if I was Craig Brevet, but say I was Craig Brevet. This is true. If, if if you came to me and said you can get back on the ice after six days, you know what I would have said? I would have said yes. Because I know myself. Like, I know myself. If uh, the things that I love to do... Elliot, this is my whole point, me. though. You, this yeah. is my whole point. Yeah. I would have I would have said... Yes, I'm going back on the ice at four and if, days. And if, if you would have said, I can. But the wait, point is, if the doctor someone should have said, you just had a meniscus tear surgery. But you if, need if the six doctor, weeks. If the but doctor guess what? You talk you about know. pressure. You yeah. talk about pressure. I was just named captain of the damn team. Yes. Three weeks before that. Do you not think that I wanted to get back on the ice to show what I was worth, to show that I wanted to support my teammates and do everything humanly possible? I needed the voice of reason. Someone that was outside of the environment to say, listen, are you stupid? Are you stupid that you're going to play in 13 days after meniscus tear? Do you think you would have listened to that person? No, I wouldn't have, but that's not but, the point. You know, that's but, not, no, but here, that's, here, you're not getting it. That's not the no, point. No, the no, point I, is I, I, I need someone it. to say, you're not going back, Craig, even though you do, it's not the right thing. Yeah, but you know, here, here's the thing, Craig. I, I totally understand what you're saying, but how many, like, how many places in life do you get a situation where a doctor tells someone they can't do something? 
oftentimes you hear things like, well, I told them not to do it, but they still did it anyway. And you know what? In sports, it's a real gray area because like how many guys did you play with who a doctor said, no, you can't play. And they threw uh, a shit fit and they had to hire their equipment from them. Like, all I'm saying is that I know I'm my own worst enemy with this stuff. I'm my own worst enemy. If you were ever to say to me, Elliot, you can't go into work for whatever, like, like, okay, I, I had, I had Corona at one point. I had COVID. I didn't go into work. I understood that. Believe me, I got that. But like, you know, like I would do anything I could to work. Right. I love, I love work. And I'm competitive and I love being part of the show. I just know myself, Riv. If I was if I was a player and the doctor said you can't go out there, I'd be like, F you, I'm going out there. Especially if it was a big game or it was a playoff game. And the thing is, that's what separates you from a lot of people, 99.9% of the people who didn't make the NHL. Yeah. And I just Listen. don't know if we're ever gonna get to a point where the best are going to say, you can't tell me I I'm, I can't go out there. Well, listen, the best are not going to be able to play if they do something about uh, the uh, um, painkiller use. They have to. There should not be, there yeah. should not be any painkillers in the national hockey league. You should not be allowed to carry it in your bags. There should be none of it. There's no I, use I for agree. it. If you need a painkiller to play, you should not be playing. And I'm going to tell you why I'm 47 years old, Elliot. Mm-hmm. I just recently, uh, about uh, a month ago, had another surgery on my knee. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have a pinched nerve in my neck that has been there for upwards of eight to nine months. Okay. Um, Every single day, there is something different. My right shoulder, which I had reconstructive surgery on back in Montreal in in, in 99, is it, it literally pops out on the ice while i'm teaching kids i got to go over to the bench pull the bench and pop the shoulder back in and then just you know right back in the kids are like oh my what the heck i've had Mm -hmm. an extreme amount of issues and every single player that plays a long time and plays the game are going to have injuries but not to the severity of where i feel right now because i played through injuries Mm -hmm. that needed a much more time to heal Mm-hmm. I was like, thought I was the warrior king. I thought everybody is going to respect me more because I'm going to play through the pain and I'm going to play through everything because I am a total team player. The problem is I needed someone in my corner mm-hmm. that would say to me, Craig, I know you want to be a warrior. I know you want to play for your teammates, but you're not playing. Should that have been your agent? No. It shouldn't be the agent. It should be the guys that are hired by the damn team mm-hmm. to do their goddamn jobs. Mm-hmm. That's their job mm-hmm. is to take care of those players. And, and you know what? If they're getting pressure from the coaches, then they just need to explain. The body is the same for everybody. These, these guys are professional athletes. They're in insanely good shape. Mm-hmm. But they don't heal quicker than the next person. Mm-hmm. They're human. You all, you all, you, you heal the same. They need the time to heal. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, there's a, there's a book you should read, by the way. I think you'd really be fascinated by it. I think it's, 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I still have it. It's called You're Okay, It's Just a Bruise. It's by a doctor named Rob Heizenga. He used to be the team doctor, I think, for the Raiders. And he talked a lot about the inherent, you know, uh, difficulties and conflicts of interest that go with being a team doctor. And, you know, that's a, that's a big issue too. And, you know, like that's why, you know, I, I know there were a lot of people in Buffalo who felt that I took too pro Eichel a position. And, uh, but that's kind of why I did it, Craig, is that I think that athletes should get to determine their own care. It's, it's their 100%. Pete and I went through the Eichel situation for how many months did we watch that? I'm going to tell you right now, this guy had an issue with his neck and you have the team is going to tell you, you want to do this, but the player wants to do something different. I mean, I think it should be the player's choice in what surgery he gets for his body for not only now, but long-term in his life. He's only going to be a hockey player for a number of years. Some guys, it's three years. Some guys, it's 10 years. Some guys, if you're lucky enough, you even play beyond that. But then you have a long, long, long life to live after that. The the and you want to be healthy in regard to the Eichel thing and you know co- kind of a conversation shift the 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 issue with the I believe the medical staff with Buffalo the team that was put together uh, to handle Eichel's situation was there wasn't enough like data They're not sure it was going to work like because yeah. now you're really just now you're really if he gets checked into the boards it's only the device in there now you're just uh, going off of off of a mechanical uh, invention where with a fusion, you're actually fusing the bone together. So, I mean, like you have the bone, you have the screws, you have the cage where this is like, it's just a standalone device that's sitting in there and who knows what happens. If that thing crumbles from a hit, that's, that's where I think the concern lied was with the, with the actual, but I mean, again, you know, Jack, Jack got his way and, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, when's he set to come back? Is he like, did I hear a bullshit rumor that he's coming back to play against the Sabres on Tuesday? I, I know he wanted to, I don't, I know that the, the golden Knights considered that way too quick a timeline. Hmm. Yeah, good, good, <laughs> good for them for holding out a player that actually wants to go back and play. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's a really, it's it's you know, Craig. Like, I, I, I to, to me, the biggest thing is: is there a better way we can treat people? Like, I don't know if you're ever going to be able to stop players from playing all the way. You know, you can say, you know. Look, like, have, have we gotten better? I think that depends on who you ask. Like, I look at Bowen Byram in Colorado right now saying, you got to be out of the lineup, take the time you need. And I think that's a, a huge step in the right Excellent. direction. Yep. But, I, I, like, I just, I, I, just, I just know the best of the best. I don't care what sex you are or what you even do in life. I don't care if you're an athlete or not. Like you're going to, you're going to try to push yourself to grind through a lot of shit. Right. Yes. And it's not just traumatic injuries. It's mental. It's, it's everything. Like what I do think is that I agree with you. I think opioids and painkillers are a huge problem. Uh, I know that there's a lot of testing being done with CBD and marijuana oils and things like that. And I'm not an expert in this stuff, but is it healthier? And can we start to use those instead and I believe a lot of athletes use it, whether they admit it or not. And that, to me, I agree with you, is the key. 
I just don't think, Craig, that we're ever going to get to a point where the elite of the elite are going to say, you're, you're taking me out of the lineup. I, I just don't. I will I don't only ask one thing, there. Elliot. I will only ask one, one thing. Those, those players can make their decision whether they're going to play or not. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you cannot afford them the opportunity to take those drugs. I agree. I agree with that. And if 100%. those players want to play through a little bit of pain, pain, a little bit of discomfort, then that is their choice. But I'm going to tell you this. It's the time when you have a, a young man that blocks a shot, okay? And now he's in a situation that he can barely get on his boot, but the only way of playing that game is through taking um, a painkiller. Then he should not be able to play. Because the answer is going to be, no, you're not getting this painkiller. Because we don't have painkillers around to give you. Yeah. Elliot, I was taking painkillers and stuff. I mean, when I was playing, but after I was playing, this is not for anyone listening, an endorsement for pain pills. Okay. But it was because of how good they made me feel. Yeah. I, I like, I, like, I, like, I, like a numbing, I understand. like a I numbing understand. feeling. And it was like, whether it was an emotional issue I was dealing with or a psychological issue or a physical issue, you know, I mean, I just, I, I mean, I could not wait to pop a couple Percocets or Vicodin or whatever and, and chew them and have them hit the system as fast as possible. And just the way it made you feel, I mean, it's, they're very, I, I mean, I'm very lucky that I was able I mean, I had an ambient addiction. I mean, I, I was like this, I couldn't wait for my ambient script to renew. You know what I mean? Oh. It was like, I was going through a whole script of Ambien in 10 days. I was taking three a night, you know what I mean? And, and like, Oh my God. I mean, it's like, it's so easy. It's so easy to, to introduce these players to these pills and, you know, and then they becomes a joke. Like, you know, I remember Riv. I don't know if you remember this, but we'd have ambient parties on the road. Yeah, we'd have ambient parties. Guys would go to each other's rooms, and you try to fight the ambient and fight the uh, the hallucination and all the whatever it was doing to you. I mean, it was it's it, it, oh my god! Like it's 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 I'm embarrassed to say it, but I mean, I had a player that I sat like, with on a certain team. Not going to tell you the team. Not going to tell you the player, obviously. But I sat beside this beside this player on the team plane takes off. He reaches into his bag and brings out like a briefcase, like a little briefcase. I thought we were going to play backgammon. He opens it up. He's got a small bottle of crown Royal. That's has a, a, an indent so we can put the bottle in and he has four um, bottles that are in the imprint, okay? Two of them were painkillers, two different types of painkillers. One of them was a um, uh, sleeping, sleeping pills, uh, Ambien's, and another one was a high-powered um, anti-inflammatory. And he took them every game, after every single game. And it's just like, I'm, I, I just looked, back to that and i'm just like that's not that's not an environment for success and i just think that they uh they they need to and i and believe me when when i got to buffalo 
they really started to crack down on all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. The league started to crack down more on all of this stuff. And I was Mm -hmm. happy for that. I really was happy for that Mm -hmm. because I was thinking about the players that were behind me. I wouldn't want them to do what I had to do. Derek Bogart. Derek Bogart. Right. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and there was a lot of players that were dealing with these issues. And I just think if you're playing this game, I don't think that there should be painkillers in any trunk, in any arena, in, in, in any hockey, uh, uh, atmosphere. And I just think that it would be much better for these players to allow them to have an extra few days an extra few weeks to heal. That's just my opinion. So. Well, Elliot, sorry, man. Sorry that we, we took no, you down this path. I mean, I, 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 I put like, you on the spot. I feel like we put you on the spot. No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think that I, you know, like I don't take pills for partially for this reason. Like I, I really have to, I had a friend who was addicted to Tylenol when we were teenagers and uh, in early in our twenties, he had to take one every day and uh, at least one. And, you know, I, I don't like that. It takes a lot for me to take a pill. It, um, it, it's like, that's, I haven't taken anything since I retired. I refuse to take anything. I had a knee surgery. I was put out the whole shoot match. My wife got the, the prescription, you know, brought it home. I said, dump them in the garbage, dump them in the toilet right now. I'm not taking anything. I agree. I'm just, I'm just hopeful that like, you know, I know that there are people around hockey who are hopeful that whatever breakthroughs are coming with CBD oil and things like that can help wean people off of painkillers, but you know what? It's one drug to another. Right. So, right. I mean, I, I don't, I don't have, like, I don't have a lot of good answers here. We, we have to do better. We always have to do better. We, we do like, it's, it's yep. just the answer. But again, I, I've said this a couple of times. I, you guys know Healy. I know Healy. I think at the end of the day, he really wants to help people. I had, I had a, a I called him last year, uh, and, and on a completely separate issue, uh, not a personal issue or anything, just a, a completely separate issue or topic, not issue topic. And we got talking and I, and, and he just was, he didn't obviously wouldn't name names, but he's like, Andrew, you would never believe the amount yeah. of calls I'm getting and yeah. people that are struggling emotionally, physically, you know, f- you know, mentally, financially, like all of it. He said, I'm, I'm dealing with, he said, I had yes. no idea. He said, I had no idea this. And he had just taken over, I think. And he was just, you know, and and he's like, I had no idea what we were looking at and what we were staring at until, until I took this position. So, Mm -hmm. but fascinating stuff, Elliot, always enjoy chatting with you, man. It's, it's, you know, we always go into some deep topics. So yeah, no problem. Thank you very much, Elliot. No worries. Thanks, Thanks for listening. No, like I, like I, like you know, like your therapist. Like, you are. I, you would be a great therapist, Elliot. I mean, you just so trustworthy. I can tell you anything. You know, you know I, the one thing I would I would say, uh, Craig, that I I think is changing, is that I you know I asked if the agent should play more of a role, and and you said no, it should be the doctors. And we talked a little bit about the conflict of interest that some team doctors could have. I think there's more and more agents now who see that as their role. As okay. that, like, like, I, like, I've heard this year, probably in the last year or two, more than ever, I've heard more situations where agents and teams are fighting over should a guy play or should a guy not play or what the care should be. 
And what's an agent? An agent is supposed to be for the player, a an advocate for the player. Yeah. And you know, if that means an agent has to be a little bit more difficult because he or she's going to say no, I think that has to be part of the process. You know what? That's why I, I mean, I, I, I know I'm not afraid to pump my old agent's tire. Steve Barlett, man, that guy, hard at goal, looks out for all of his players. Yeah. You know, I, I see him being one of those types of guys, like just go to bat for anybody when it comes to that kind of thing. Well, listen, yeah. I mean, these young, these young kids, these young players, they're puppets. They're going to do what they're, what they're told. That's, that's, yeah. that's what we do. We, but again, I, I think, Craig, like I said, I think part of it is that you're wired to be great. Like that, that's the thing. Like I, and I, I think that's, I don't even, I, I don't like to say part of the problem. Cause I, I don't, I don't know that, like, I don't think we should ever say that that attitude is necessarily a problem, but it's like you talked about Craig, you played 900 something games and you played what? 700. <laughs> yep. Say yes. Say yes. Andy. 850. Thanks. No, I played 229, Elliot, but thanks. Oh, well, you know what? But you were around a long time. Like, I was in the league for six full years. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like, why did you guys make it? Cause you, 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 you fucking had those attitudes. Like I'm getting here. I'm getting yeah. here. And you know, like, I just, I don't know how we ever change that. I, you know, like, like, like Craig, I, I think, like and that and that's that's the to me that's actually the biggest challenge is that now you say I wish someone had told me no, but when you were in the middle of it and you were Craig Ravain, you were captain of the Buffalo Sabers yeah. and you were assistant captain of the Montreal Canes. If the doctor would have said no, you would have ripped his lungs out. Like you know that's, that's yeah. Just, you know it's, it, it's the way it is, and uh, it's it's so. That to me is the biggest challenge that we face is that we all want to be great and to be great at anything, not just hockey, to be great in business. Like everyone listening to this, if you want to be great in whatever it is you do, you have to be willing to overcome pain, whether it's mental or physical or emotional or whatever it is, you have to be willing to play or do your job through pain. And I just don't know how we ever get through that. Like I know some of the times that I've worked were again this all spins I was in, I was not in a healthy place. But did I not work? No, I didn't. I worked. It all spins back to one thing that started this whole discussion. Ian White played through pain. Yeah. He fought the pain. He was not a big guy. He was very skilled. He was a little guy. He was always in great shape. He was a warrior type player. He would block shots, take hits, did anything that he had to do. And he, with the structure and size of his body, took an, an extreme amount of abuse back in the day. And the only way to be able to play because he was considered always a fifth or sixth defenseman, always looking over his shoulder saying, I can't, I can't come out of the lineup because if I do that, I I legitimately might lose my job. The only way is for him to mask his pain. Mm -hmm. And hence the, the very disturbing issue that he's in right now. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm shocked at one thing today. Elliot said, fuck on here. 
I love it. Now it's free reign. Now it's now you've opened a whole can of worms for us because we've always tried to be so professional with Elliot, but now you've opened it up. We're not editing that out either. Uh, I know the audience. Buffalo, they don't mind swearing. They don't mind swearing. You know it. Elliot, thanks for your time today. Tom Brady, speaking of Buffalo, Tom Brady. I mean, you, you cover all sports. You watch all sports. Guys retiring. I, I didn't think I'd ever see the day. I saw the Tom greatest Brady might athlete play. of all time. Greatest athlete of all time? Is he the greatest uh, oh, athlete of all time? No. Like, and I'm not uh, talking. No, I'm, I'm not talking how high he can jump or how athletic he I was. Was, I was he the greatest? He's 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 one of the best I've ever seen. Like like, is I, he better than it. Tiger Woods as a, at his at his peak? You was know, he better than Wayne Gretzky? Was he better than Michael <laughs> Jordan? I don't know. Uh, if don't I, like, don't exclude Roger Federer or Rafa Nadal either. No, you know, like I love. Like, I, I know this is going to go over, but I love Brady. I'm I'm a Brady fanboy. I, uh, you know, I just think that he's so incredible. I, like I like you know what? Here's another guy. What do you think that guy played through? That's see that that that's why I want to make sure I brought that up because all the no but shit. But now he's doing it. I, like I think he wants to play. And finally, he said, you know what? His wife is telling him and his kids are telling him, we want you home. And like, I think that guy wants to play again, but he's finally making the call for his family. And um, this guy should be known as the professor. The you amount- know what I think they should do? I think they should do what they did with Gretzky. Immediate go into the Hall of Fame. Oh, Don't wait. Just take him right in right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. He is, he is a incredible, one of the greatest competitors, I think in the history of all sports, you look at the guy's body, you look at the guy's body. It it looked like you could have grabbed a guy off the street. I mean, that's never touched a a bag of milk, but that (laughs) brain, his computer and the work that he did building that professor brain i'm going to tell you he is a brilliant brilliant man and what he's done with with what he had and what i mean by that is he wasn't a great runner he wasn't strong he, he i mean yep. he he just computed the information like no other and uh you know what what, a, he what a great career. everybody absolutely Absolutely. So Gazelle threw the ultimatum at him. Is that what you're saying? Well, I, I, if you, if you listen to his quotes last week, um, that sure, I don't know. I don't think it was an ultimatum, but you remember a few years ago, she talked about a concussion he had that was never reported. Yeah. Like she, it was very clear at some point in time, she indicated that she thought it was taking too big a toll on him, but that was, that was a long time ago. But I think finally it hit the point where he said, his kids are getting older too. He wants to be a dad. Who can fault that? I think she said to him, either it's us or I'm going to Joe Burrow. You should go with that. <laughs> That'll last. Thanks for your time, Elliot. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks, Elliot. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.